Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just thank you for this day. Praise God. There's no snow, and it's, it's February, and we're doing all right. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we just thank you for this day. We love you, Lord. We live for you with all of our hearts. We want to bless you, worship you, and serve you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to start today with... Uh, Book of Genesis, Genesis chapter chapter 29, what's happened up to this point, and Jacob Jacob stole his brother's birthright and his brother's blessing. His mother Rachel was in on it, you know, you think Rachel was a schemer just like Jacob was, because she said, go into your father, he can't see, Jacob was old and he said, you can't see, and uh, tell him you want his blessing. He said, but that's for the first. Uh, that's for the firstborn, Esau. I can't do that. If he finds out it's me, he'll curse me. Rebecca said, no, we'll go kill an animal. We're going to put the fur on you. We're going to disguise you as Jacob. So he goes, Jacob goes to his father. His father blesses him. When Esau finds out, he, he's angry. He's real angry. So Jacob flees to a place, to his to a I think it's his uncle named Laban. And he's serving him, serving his uncle Laban. And, he, and, I'll, and then Laban said in verse 15, And Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what your wages shall be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger one was, Ra- was Rachel. I'm talking, Rebecca was the schemer, not Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and face. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I'll serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, it is better that you give her, that I give her to you than to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. That scripture just really cast it out to me. Jacob served for seven years, and they seemed but a few days because of his because of his love for her. He was looking forward to a wedding. You know, when you love someone, what you do for them is a joy. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't, you didn't hear that, but my Bluetooth hearing aids were buzzing in my ear. When you love somebody, what you do for them is a joy. It's never grievous, never something to be endured, nothing tasteful, because of your love for them. And Jacob, and Jacob loved Rachel, so he served him for seven years, and the time just flew by because of his love for her. I want 
just share with you for a little bit while this morning about serving. Because we're all called to serve. You know, I remember, I don't know why, but it just came up in my memory when, when I was a young boy, probably six or seven or so. I remember my dad, my dad had a friend named Phil. I, I just, I don't know why I remember this, but I do. And Phil was engaged to be married to this girl, the love of his life, and she got polio in 1950s, and she got polio. And so she ended up in what they call an iron lung. And he would, he would go there every single day and spend time with her and, minute, and do, do whatever he could for her. And she, she'd say, come on, I, go, go, go find another girl, go live somewhere, have, have a family, you can't, can't do it with me. She kept saying go, and he would know, he wouldn't leave her. Every single day, he'd go to work, he'd come back from work, and he'd go to, and he'd be with her. Day after day after day, year after year. And everyone told him that it was a waste of his time, but he loved her. It was a labor of love. It was difficult, but you know, when, you, when you're in that kind of a situation, when you look back, it's like you're never sorry. You never, you never, you never have regret for, doing, for blessing somebody and serving them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. We're commanded to love him. But how do I know, how do I, know I love God? How do I know I really appreciate what he did for me? By meditating on the sacrifice, on the sacrifice that he made for all of us. I remember when, remember when the Passion came out? We, we went to see it in Oneida. And uh, there were several showings that day. And when we went, the previous showing was, was getting out. They are all walking past us. And I'm looking, everyone's crying, they're rubbing, they're just bawling. Everyone. I'm thinking, well, what, we're, this is what we're in for. We're going to, whatever this movie shows us. But I think the Passion gave a, a very realistic uh, account of what Jesus did. You could really almost grasp the, the, the magnitude of the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. And we're called to be like him. We're called to be the people of God, but to serve others the way he said, not, not so much in laying down our life physically, but laying it down in other ways. To serve others. Not that it's a chore, not a hardship, not something to be endured, but something that we're glad to do because of the love we have for God and for others. You know, there's several scriptures in the Bible that talk about it. But look what it says in Matthew chapter 10. I just, I just have this, I just, all week I've just been meditating on serving, serving, that God has called us to be servants. In Matthew chapter 10, in verse 24, it says, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he becomes like his teacher and the slave like his master. So whatever Jesus did was the example for us. In Romans chapter 8, it says, for whom he foreknew, he predestinated to become conformed to the image of his son. And that's us. Those of us who accept Jesus and walk after him, we're called, we're predestinated to become conformed to his image. 
In other words, to think like he would think, to act like he would act, to, to have the same sacrificial attitude toward, toward others. In John chapter 11, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And then a few chapters later in chapter 15, it says, this is my commandment, that you love one another even as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, but one lays down his life for his friends. So Jesus came to serve and not to be served. He said, the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be served. And we are all called to be like him and to follow his example. In Luke chapter 22, the apostles were having a little debate about who was the greatest. Verse 24, it says, And there arose a dispute among them as to which of them was regarded to be the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them are, are called benefactors. But it is not this way with you. The one who is the greatest among you must be the youngest and the leader, and the leader like the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table, but I'm among you as the one who serves? So Jesus said, I've given you an example of what it is to serve and to bless others. Not to try to make it to the top, but to be a servant for, for others. The greatest among you will be your servant. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, it says, Now, Israel, what does the Lord require from you? But that you love the Lord and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. We're called to be walk in the fear of the Lord, to walk in his ways, to love him and to serve him. Jesus came to lay down his life. Remember when someone said, Jesus said, for the, talked about him going to the cross. He said, no, it's not going to happen. Jesus said, it's what God has ordained for me. So he came to give his life for others, not just to those who loved him, but also for those who didn't love him, who never would. They weren't serving him, but they wanted to kill him, but he died for them anyway. Laying down our lives for others is what we're called to not just when it's convenient, but when it's inconvenient. Not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. Not just when it's enjoyable, but when it's unpleasant. But we're called to be servants to one another. It's one of the primary calls of a Christian. Daniel served Babylonian and Persian kings. Joseph, Joseph served Potiphar and the chief jailer before he served Pharaoh. And Jacob served Laban and David served Saul. In Luke chapter 10 is the story of the Good Samaritan. It says the priest and the Levite would not help the man who was beaten on the road to Jericho because he was a Samaritan. The Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans and they hated him. But the Good Samaritan, who remains nameless, had compassion on a total stranger, bandaged up his wounds and brought him to the inn and paid for his care. He was the one who God recognized. Serving without any recognition or thanks is tough on the flesh. The flesh wants recognition. The flesh wants to be rewarded. The flesh wants to be praised. But it's not a, we, don't, we, we need to serve out of a serving heart, whether we ever get praise from people or not. 
God, we're, we're working, we're working up to gain, you might say, gain points with God, not so much with the people on the earth. But some people, if they don't get praise for what they're doing, for their efforts, for whatever they're doing, they get, they get into self-pity. They feel no one appreciates them. They get upset. They accuse others of being insensitive and being not grateful. But the focus of that is all me, me, me. And God doesn't want us focusing on us. He wants to focus on him and others. In Matthew chapter 6, the Pharisees did everything to be seen of men. They gave, they prayed, they fasted, everything they prayed on the street corners. They did, they did to be seen of men, not, not so much to be seen of God. But we're called to be servants, and true service comes out of a heart of giving. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 5, it says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by eye service as men pleasers, but slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with a good will render service as to the Lord, and not to men knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. So we need, to, we need to do the will of God from the heart, render service to the Lord as from the heart. In Psalm 100 it says we're to serve the Lord with gladness. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul talks about about his about serving others and being spent for them. Second Corinthians twelve verse fourteen. Here is the third time I am ready to come to you, he says, and I will not be a burden to you, for I do not seek what is yours, but you. For children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. And I will most gladly Spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you the more, I might be loved less. The Apostle Paul said, I gave myself, I did everything for you. I gave myself totally to, to blessing you and taking care of you. And we should see it as a privilege in any capacity as God is calling us to be servants, whether it's recognized or not. One of my, one of those, one of those, principal scriptures in my life I call it a, a, I call these rudder scriptures because they're like, the, like a rudder they keep you on course and turn with me to Luke 17 I love this I love this scripture in verse 5 it says the apostles said to the Lord increase our faith and the Lord said if you had faith like a mustard seed you would say to this mulberry tree be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you but which of you, having a slave, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterwards you may eat and drink? He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? So you too, this, 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 this scripture, verse 10, listen to what it says. For you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. So 
when, when we do everything, when we lay, give our lives to serve others, and husbands serving their wives, wives submitting to their husbands, parents raising their kids according to the ways of God, when we do, when we do everything we're called to do, then we say, hey, I only did what I ought to have done. It's no big deal. Because, so you don't have to, you don't, I'm not looking for praise. I'm looking to, for, for praise from God. To be a good husband is what God expects. To obey your parents is what God expects. When we're doing what God expects, we please him. And your praise will come from him. Remember what Jesus said. When we, when we, we want to do what God calls to do so that when we appear before God, he says, well done, no good and faithful servant. My attitude should always be, God, what can I do for you? Use me in any way you see fit. I'm your slave. And that, the Bible says servant. When you look up that word, the Greek word really means the slave. I'm a, somebody who owns me. When I gave my life to the Lord, it's like, it's like he owns me. The Bible says we've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. I kind of look at it like when I, years ago when I, when I enlisted in, in the Air Force, it's like they owned me. They told me when I could sleep. They told me when I could eat. They told me how to dress. They did everything for me. I mean, I was, I was there. I was theirs. And that's and in same, in a similar way, God wants us to be totally sold out to him in our life and to be willing to serve others. We are the ones that should be setting the example for others in the world. Husbands. Scripture calls, Scripture says marriage is like Christ in the church. And the husband is Christ and the and the woman is like the church is like the woman. So the church is submitted to the to to God as wives are submitted to their husbands. But husbands are to lay down their lives for their families. Greater love has no man in this, the Bible says, but that he lays down his life for his friends. We're supposed to, we're called to lay down our lives, to serve, to serve, to serve, to serve, as an example. To be humble, to be grateful, to be the person that God's called us to be. You know, in John chapter 13, you don't have to go there, John chapter 13 is the account of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to suffer a horrific death. To take upon himself the sin of the world. To be forsaken and separated from the Father. But instead of saying, you know, poor me. You, you don't understand what's going to happen to me. They're going to beat me. They're going to whip me. They're going to torture me. No. Instead, he washes their feet. He takes one last opportunity to demonstrate what real love is all about. To teach them one more time about serving one another. You know, Washing his feet was the lowest thing anybody could do. When we were, when we were in Thailand, one, one of the customs in Thailand is you don't, you don't turn the bottom of your foot towards anybody. You know, a lot of times in, in, in America when we, when we sit, when we sit, people cross their, people cross their legs. You didn't do that in Thailand because it was, it was considered extremely rude to, to have the bottom of your foot pointing at everybody because the foot was the lowliest thing. 
And I remember years ago when the first, uh, first Gulf War was, and, they, and at one point they showed a video of them tearing down the, the statue of uh, Saddam Hussein. And people were taking their shoes off, their sandals, they're taking their sandals off and hitting the statue. That doesn't mean, it's like, it doesn't really mean anything to us in the West, but in the East, that's one of the most insulting things you could do, is to take your shoe and hit somebody with it. It's one of the most disgusting things, but that's what they did. They were showing their disdain, their utter disdain by hitting them. So Jesus took a towel, wrapped it, and he washed their feet, showing them how much he loved them. And that's the way God wants us to be. It's called dying to self, crucifying the flesh, taking up your cross, however you want to say it. But Jesus said, he who is greatest among you will be the servant of all. I love to serve. I love to serve my, my wife, my family, this church. And I'm not looking for people to pat me on the back. I'm just doing it because it's what God's called me to do. And that scripture says, I've done, I've done only what I ought to have done. I didn't do anything special. I just want to put that, kind of put a bug in your ear this morning. How's your service life? Are you really a serving? Husbands, are you serving your families? Or are you expected to be served? Wives, are you serving your husband and your family? Or do you expect to be served? I think my, in, my, in our house, it's like we're trying to outdo each other for service. My wife's wanting to bless me, and I want to bless her. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you for reminding us that we are called to be servants. Thank you for showing us how we're supposed to serve, what we're supposed to do to let people know that we love them and we serve them with all of our hearts. Thank you for calling us to serve. We will love you, we will serve you, and we will serve others all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.